We're going to turn to the same uh, text of Scripture that we used last week, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse number 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse number 19, if we could stand in honor of the reading of the word of the Lord. Deuteronomy 30 and 19. Beautiful verse, beautiful verse. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witness against you. And I have set before you, somebody say life and death. Somebody say death. I've set before you life and death. Blessings and curses. Now choose life. Now choose life so that you, who else? And your children may live. Now choose life. You have a responsibility to choose right. You have the responsibility to make a choice and make the right choice. But it won't only affect you. Your choices and your decisions in life don't only have an effect upon you. Choose life so that you and your children may live. So that you and your children may live. Just going to talk about catching our breath catching our breath here today. Let's pray one more time and just ask the Lord to touch us and speak to us through his word. Lord, we love you so much. We're thankful for what we felt in the house and how, how you walked into this place, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would just continue to bless and continue to strengthen, continue to pour out your spirit upon your people in the name of the Lord. Continue to add to the church daily such as should be saved. Somebody say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. The Bible says you choose. You choose. You're the one that has a responsibility to do so. Last week we talked about choose a Christ-like attitude. Our attitude is so very important. You have to choose that every single day. It doesn't just stay there. You might choose uh, last Sunday when we, when we were here. You might have chose, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put God first. But you know what? You have to choose every single day. You choose. You don't just stay one way. You drift. Life goes on and you may drift uh, and you have to choose again. So today it's really, really the cause of squeezing the breath out of us and we're going to talk about our hectic pace of our, our lifestyles and, and we're going to deal with one of the reasons why so many people spiritually are out of breath. So busy, so, so hurried pace. Someone said if it wasn't for the last minute, nothing would ever get done. Does anybody feel that way? If it wasn't for last minute, nothing would ever get done. It's family life. It's, it, it's home late because of traffic, because responsibilities. You worked late and quick cold food and then you help the kids with homework that you last learned some 10, 15, 20 or even 30 years ago and you're supposed to be able to help them. And, and, and this is funny folks, you only, you only uh, uh, only touch you get from your wife is when she pokes you in the side for you to stop snoring. I think it's funnier this way. And, and, and only touch you get from your husband is when he pokes you in the side to get you to stop snoring. <laughs> That's funnier to me. I got less laughs from that one, but it's, it's, it's funnier to me. You know you're busy. You know you're busy when you're too busy to finish your book that you're reading on stress. 
You're too busy. Uh, you're just too busy. You're too busy when you tell your kids it's time to eat and they run and get in the car. You're a little too too busy. You're, you're, you're too busy when your car has more clothes in it than your closet. Come on, somebody. You're just a little too busy. Listen how bad it's, it's gotten. If you're like an average American in your lifetime, listen to me, in your lifetime, you will eat out 14,411 times. If you're the average American, you'll eat out 14,411 times. Now, I'm not the average American because it says including 1,811 trips to McDonald's. I'm never going to reach that number to McDonald's. Spend, if you're the average American, you spend 13 years and four months watching television. 13 years and four months. If you're the average American, you spend five years, listen, waiting in lines. Five years waiting in lines. If you're the average American, you spend one year looking for misplaced items. Think about that. A combination of, of all the time together. A whole year looking for misplaced items. Uh, you attend, if you're the average American, you attend 35 weddings. Uh, you drive 627,000 miles. Uh, and here's the deal, folks. Uh, there's not a single person on their deathbed that wishes they had done any more of these that they've already done. We often live different than we intend, but we keep on doing it. We don't change anything, and we just continue doing the same thing. There's a story in the Old Testament. Daniel was actually a slave during the 70 years of exile. And during this time, king of Babylon was Belshazzar. And you've all heard the expression, the handwriting on the wall. It comes from this story, this Bible story right here. It's about this King Belshazzar and this hand appears out of nowhere. It's a, it, it's a hand and it, it begins writing a message upon the wall and the message is many, many, tickle, parson. And, and of course, uh, the king didn't know what it meant and, and nobody there knew what it, what it meant and he calls astrologers and he calls magicians in to see if they know. And, and in fact, he makes an offer. He, he throws an offer on the table and he says I'll give gold and make you the third most powerful person in the kingdom if you can tell me what this means because imagine if a hand would just suddenly appear and begin to scribble a message across this wall you would want to know what in the world does that message mean what does it mean and nobody can figure it out and the Bible says his knees literally knocked together he, he literally was so fearful, his knees uh, knocked together. Probably another, another uh, phrase that comes from that Bible story. And then his wife said, there's this Hebrew guy that we have in slavery and he's really smart and he's close to God I bet he knows what it means so they brought Daniel in and he said I know exactly what it means I don't want your money I don't want your position but I'll tell you what this means and in Daniel chapter 5 verse 26 and 27 he says this is what these words mean and it's kind of heavy folks God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. 
And you've been weighed on the scales. You've been weighed on the balances and found wanting. You've been weighed on the balances and you're not coming up to what you're supposed to be. What's that mean to us? You only have a certain number of days to live. Folks, we've got a number of days here on this earth. And when you're done with that, it's done here on earth. There is an exact number and you're weighing your life weighing the life it's it's out of balance it's it's not adding up it's not where it's supposed to be what you're doing is not what you want to be doing it's out of order there's chaos there how about you is the handwriting on the wall for you if God were to weigh your life would you say I'm living my life right I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do or would you be found wanting would you be off balance would the scales tip against your favor listen folks it's easy to get your life in order get back on the right track that's why we do 21 days in in August for people to get their life back on the right track to start praying to put God back in his rightful place to put him first in everything that we do and get ready for the fall harvest get ready for God to do what he wants to do but I also know I also know that the demands of life come upon you and responsibilities are there and kids are there and jobs are there and schedules are there. So it's easy for your life to get out of balance and it'll suck the life right out of you. One said, if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. If you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not nearly as bright as you think you are. And that's what we attempt to do. So how are you measuring up? What would your spouse say? What would your kids say? I am encouraging you today to let God to speak to you. To allow him to work in your lives. To allow him to speak to you. And to show you some things in your life that are out of kelter. That are out of balance that he wants to be right in your life. The Bible is very clear about how hurry and, and the busyness and, and the frantic pace affects your life. So what do we do? Identify it first and then the solution. We shine light on it first and then we try to offer a solution. So five things today. When I'm tired, listen. When I'm tired, number one, the risk of sinful choices increases when I'm tired the risk of sinful choices increase uh, my resistance level decreases you can't discern right from wrong as well when you're tired when I'm depleted I'm unstable when I'm tired is when the enemy sets traps he doesn't do it when you walk out of church on, on a Sunday morning and you're, you're, you're full of the word and you're prayed up and just come out of the presence of God. He waits until you're tired. 
Jesus said it would be a sign of the end times. Luke chapter 21 and verse 34. He says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation. It's not just being busy, but your hearts are being weighed down. They're being heavy. There's a heaviness upon them. He goes on, drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will come upon you unaware. That day will close on you unexpectedly. Unexpectedly, like a trap. It's like a trap. You won't even realize it's there. It's not the activity, but your heart is getting weighed down. The pace of life is out of order. It's out of balance. So secondly, when I'm tired, my, my emotions are inconsistent. My emotions are inconsistent. Chances are we get angry more often when we're in a hurry. Angry easier, angry quicker because we're in a hurry. The speed of our life is sped up. The speed of our speedometer is is pushing higher. And so our emotions get in a hurry and our temper speeds up as well. Yelling at cars on the highway. Why? Because you're in a hurry. Don't they know I've got somewhere to be? Try the opposite. Get there 30 minutes ahead of time. Get there 30 minutes before you're supposed to get there. I know that goes against everything that, 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 that maybe you feel and everything that you really do in your life. But try it. Go ahead. Get there 30 minutes early. And then you know what? They, they go down. Traffic goes down to one lane. And, and you've got those people that, that know that lane is closed. And you're in this lane over here that's still open. But they want to speed on by you in the lane that's closed. Anybody know what I'm saying? Don't raise your hand if you're them. Just raise your hand if you know what I'm saying. And if you're like me and you're already in the lane that's open, are you letting that person in? Man, you're getting as close to that bumper in front of you. Come on, somebody. You're getting as close to that bumper in front of you as you can. They're not getting in there. No way. They, they saw that lane was closed. Why are they going that way? Don't they know I'm in a hurry? And you just get closer and closer. But if you're 30 minutes early, come on. If you're 30 minutes earlier, come on in. Come on in. And you stop. You want in too? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm early. I got all kinds of time. Your attitude changes. How many does that? Good, good, good. Come on in. How many lets more than one car in? Oh. If I'm behind you, man, I think it's an unwritten rule. You only let one in, right? Come on, somebody. (laughs) Some of you said, no, not even one. You go early and it's not a big deal. The culprit is this hurried lifestyle. Look at Job chapter, Job chapter 9, verse 25. My days go by faster than a runner. Here, here's the result. They fly away without me seeing any joy. They're going faster than a runner. And my days fly away without any joy. Anytime we're in a fast pace, little joy. Slower pace, more joy. You say, why am I acting that way? I'm not that way. Where all that anger come from? Where did that come from? This could be the culprit. Question, when's the last time you really experienced joy? 
Sometimes we're running so fast that we fail to stop and enjoy. Number three, if I have a hurried lifestyle, if I'm tired, I am less productive. I am less productive. We think by doing more, we accomplish more. You're only accomplishing more if you have a sharp edge. You only accomplish more if you're ready for the task. You can out there be chopping trees and chopping trees with a dull axe and a dull axe you're going to have to work a lot harder. You're going to have to swing a lot more and a lot harder to fell the tree. You're going to work a lot harder and be a lot less efficient than somebody that's out there with a sharpened blade. This is the principle called sharpening the saw. You get more done if you'll stop once in a while to sharpen. You can do less with more. Less with more. Why? Because it's more efficient and it's more with less. And for some of us, this is a critical message. Critical with our health. Critical with our family. I am less productive. Proverbs 21 and 5. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Proverbs 19 and 2. A person in line, a person in a hurry makes mistakes. Let me read that one again. A person in a hurry makes mistakes. Therefore, they'll be less productive. Is that true of you? Do you find yourself making mistakes? And then we'll look at this fourth one. When I'm in a hurry, I end up empty on the inside. I end up empty on the inside. The more I do, the more I get. The more I accomplish really isn't making me happy. The more I do, the more I get, and the more I accomplish if we're truthful really doesn't make us happy. Now you're just going through the motions and you're just doing and you're doing and you're doing and really not accomplishing. Psalms 39 and 6 says, we are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. Listen folks, people think that burnout comes from doing too much activity. Well, I'm just doing too much. I'm going and I'm going and I'm going and I'm just getting burnt out. It's not true. Some activity will actually restore life back into you. Some say, well, I can't do that. I'm already doing too much. I can't do this. I'm already, I'm already going and going and going, and I'm doing too much. Some activity will restore life back into you. So what, what will actually restore? So, so it's not the amount of activity. It's not the amount of activity that causes burnout or how many hours you spend doing something. Burnout, listen to me now, burnout is doing activities that have no purpose. It's activities that have no purpose. So if you find yourself doing a bunch of things, but it doesn't matter, that's what burns you out. Activity without purpose equals burnout. Some part of your week needs to have something that you make a difference with. Come on, difference makers. The best thing we have to offer you is first and foremost a dynamic relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Get to know God. That's the most important thing you can do in your life. But then, then we help you find purpose and then get you involved in that area so that you can make a difference and you can be a difference maker. And we do this not because, uh, oh, we need a bunch of help to get this done. No, that's not it. 
that's not it. I, I found, listen to me now. I have found after several years of doing this, it gets done whether you get involved or not. It gets done whether you want to help with it or not. It's going to get done. You want, whether people are saying, what do you want me to do, pastor? How can I help? How can I help? If there's those people or there's not, it still gets done. The entire motivation is for you, not for us. The entire motivation to, to get you doing something is for you to do something, not so the task can be accomplished. It's for you. It's because you need something that makes a difference in somebody's life. You need to do something that's meaningful in your life. You and I need to help so, so that you and I can make a difference. And the best you can do is have something in your life where you make a difference. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. And then when you do that... When you're doing something that's meaningful, it removes the burnout. When you are in activities that actually matter for the long term, that are actually changing things for the eternal. And then here's the fifth one. When I'm tired and exhausted, I can't hear from God. I can't hear from God. I, I got too much going on. I've got, I'm doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that. And I'm just kind of tired out. And then, then I can't hear from God. And some folks don't even know God's speaking. Folks, God is speaking. The problem is, is you have a thousand other voices that, that you're hearing. And, and you, can't, you can't hear Him because you're listening to everything else. And this is critical. Because you'll miss out what God has to offer you. Psalms 46 and 10. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And that's a word for some of us whose lives are frantic, whose lives are chaotic, whose lives are going so fast. It isn't that God isn't speaking. We're just going too fast with too much going on and too many sounds coming that we hear Him speaking. Be still and know that I am God. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time that you put everything on pause and just listened to hear from, to hear from God? Be still and know that I am God. So what's the solution? What's the solution? Get on the edge of your seat right now. Listen to this. This is good stuff right here. Buckle up, buckle up, get ready. If you find yourself stressed, let me give you a word right now. If you find yourself stressed, Turn that around. Anybody know what stress spelled backwards is? Desserts. So let's all just leave right now and go get a hot foot Sunday. Amen? Amen. Opposite of stress is desserts. That's good, folks. That's not spiritual. That's just funny. So if you're stressed, get a dessert. Not really. Just having fun. Actually, let's look at Mark chapter 6. Mark 6 and 31. Then because so many people were coming and going, 
that they did not even have a chance to eat. This is Jesus. This is Jesus here, here getting ready to tell them something. So, so busy and coming and going and not even a chance to sit down and eat. He said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. You're running here. You're running there. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're doing that. You're do they didn't even have time to sit down and eat. And he tells them, hey, come on. Let's get aside to a quiet place and get some rest. A biblical principle here. God leads us to a place of rest. Folks, this is the rest wherewith you'll cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. We need the Spirit of God to come upon us afresh for a time of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Come on, somebody give him a hand clap. God leads us to a place of rest. It's not necessarily in activity. It's in order. It's in balance. It's putting things back together in the right order. So we're ending here with these three principles. That if you literally do it, if you literally do these three principles, it will change your life. So number one, we literally need to stop the constant push for more. Stop buying into the lie that more is better. More is better. More is better. The average American, listen to me, the average American spends 137% of their income. Did you hear me? The average American spends 137% of their income. Why? Stop doing that. Why? I need more and I need it now. We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. It's crazy, folks. People overextend and it's out of order, it's out of balance. You're found. In wanting, busy all the time and trying to make ends meet. So busy that our relationships begin to deteriorate. Ecclesiastes 4 and 6, it's better to have only a little with peace of mind. It's better to have a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time. A little bit is better. With peace of mind. It's just better. It's better, folks. It's better to slow down and have peace of mind. We've got to remember that the greatest thing in life is not things. The greatest thing in life is not things. Nobody likes to talk about death. But I've never seen one person say at their final breath, I wish I'd worked more hours. I wish I would have acquired more. Nobody ever says that. Many say, I wish I'd spent more time with my family. I wish I'd spent more time in the presence of God. Things that matter. Slow it down. So how do we slow down? It's not clearing out your schedule. Because folks, there's substitutes for what you clear out. And then you'll just put something else in. So it's not just uh, clearing out your schedule. That's a superficial band-aid. You can always find replacements. There's replacements, activities that will pop up. You have to deal with the root issue. Why you're so driven.
Why do we take on more than we really need to take on in life? More business, more clients, more whatever. Why do we do that when it's harming us? Emotionally and physically and spiritually. You need to ask yourself a question. Will having more make me happier? Will having more make me happier? Will doing more make me happier? Will having more activities make me happier? The answer is no, it will not. We must deal with our discontent. Proverbs 14 and 30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body. A heart at peace gives life to the body. But envy rots to the bones. Envy rots to the bones. You cannot be relaxed and be envious at the same time. You have to stop the constant push for more. Learn to say no. Learn to say no. It's a trap, Proverbs 20 and 25. It is a trap for man to dedicate something rationally. That's just saying yes. That's just saying, yeah, yeah, I think we can do that. Yeah, I think we can do that. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll help you with that. Yes. Only to later consider his vows. You say yes, but then only later say, man, why in the world did I say yes to that? Learn to say no. Life lessons, it's always easier to get into something than it is to get out of something. Let that sink in. It's always easier to get into something than it is to get out of something. It's easier to get into debt than it is to get out of debt. Hear me now. It's easier to get into a relationship than adversely. It's always easier to get into trouble than it is to... Get out of trouble. It's easier to gain weight. I'm going to leave that one alone. Somebody say amen. Somebody said, you know, we, we, we first of the year we did the 21 days of prayer. And, you know, we, had, we, we, we thought about resolutions, things we were going to change. Somebody said, you know what, I, I started off the year and I, was, I, I said I was going to lose 10 pounds. And the other day said, hey, I've only got 15 more to go. Somebody say amen. It's easier to fill up your schedule than it is to empty it. So we all have to decide what not to do. Stop. What do we not need to do? Now, this isn't a do's and don't kind of thing. This isn't, oh, you better not do this. I'm just talking about saying yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. Some people don't know how to say no. Come on, somebody. Some people don't know how to say yes. <laughs> We've got that too. But, but the reverse of that is some people are busy and busy and busy and busy. And they're doing and doing and doing. And, and they're taking on more. And I know that, that, that it's said in the, in the work field, if you, if you want to get something done, what do you do? You give it to somebody that's busy. I mean, that's just the concept. Why? Because they're going to do it. Amen? People that aren't busy, it's just it. It's easier to fill up your schedule than to, than to stop it. You need to stop. You need to stop. You need more of what matters. Stop doing what don't matter. Do what does matter. We, we should not only have a to-do list, but a don't-do list. Or better yet, a what matters most list. Do what matters. Second thing, keep the Sabbath day holy. 
Now, this is, a, this is kind of a, 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 a touchy thing because there's a, there's, a, there's a sect out there, even spirit-filled, baptized in Jesus' name people that, that believe that you keep the Sabbath uh, literally. And folks, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. That's not a biblical, a biblical thing. That, that, and the Sabbath being Saturday. Therefore, you worship on Saturday and, 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 and all that. But I obviously don't believe all that. And I'm not going to go into to, to, to the whys and the, and the why nots of all that. But I believe that, that the Sabbath is important. And I'm going to talk about why and what that actually is. When God puts commands in the Bible, they, they aren't to make your life miserable. It's not to make your life miserable. The Sabbath, well, will I go to church. Uh, no, actually, we go to church on the first day of the week. Somebody say amen. Sabbath is the last day of the week. We go on the first day of the week. Why? Because the book of Acts church went to church on the first day of the week. Principle of first things. They started out in the house of God. They started out with corporate worship. Put God first. We do that as a principle. We put God first. So we worship here. You did the right thing by coming and worshiping on the first day of the week. Now every day this week, put him first. First, uh, pray first. Somebody say amen. 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 Uh, so Sabbath, I, I go to church. Uh, and we don't go to church for a whole day. That's not a whole day. Sabbath day is the day of rest. Not, not about which day, just one of the six. Just means that you need to have some rest uh, in your schedule. You need to have a day of rest uh, and some rest uh, in your life. Doesn't have to be Saturday. Doesn't have to be Sunday. Sunday is no Sabbath for me. Lionel Richie wasn't a pastor, folks. Easy like, what what he sing? Sunday morning, he obviously wasn't a, a pastor. Easy like Monday morning if he was a pastor. Somebody say amen. So Mondays would be more my Sabbath than a Sunday. Mondays are the day that nobody's calling, hopefully. That I'm not looking at emails and answering emails, hopefully. Monday is the day of my, of my rest. You have to have a day of rest, a, a day of rest. Exodus 20 and 9 and 10, you have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to me. Right there, the, the don't commit, right there with don't commit murder, don't, don't do this, don't do that, name of the Lord God, don't take it in vain. Right there is that Sabbath day. You need some rest in your life. Some say, well, I'd never murder. I'd never commit adultery. I'd never do that. Never do that. But you never have rest in your life. And God is saying you need some rest. I want you to take some days and make a rest. A day to recharge. A day to refocus. A day to focus on him. Worship. Worship change your perspective. Proverbs 10 27. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. Think about that. And when we talk about praying first and we talk about putting God first and we talk about praying first thing in, in your day, uh, prayer has worship in it. Prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is getting in the presence of God. That scripture from this reference, uh, from this uh, translation says, reverence for God adds hours to each day. That thought uh, where people think giving uh, is taking away. No, uh, giving uh, is adding to. Uh, you give of your time. It adds hours. Uh, to your 
today. Reverence for God will do that. It's less is more. Less is more. Some of you are going and going, but you're not moving because your sails are up, but they have holes in them. We need to fix that. God didn't rest because he was tired in creation story. He rested to give us an example in the middle of all the chaos. You can have peace. And we needed a lady came calling on the pastor and couldn't reach him. The next day, he got back with her and said, sorry, that was my day off. And the lady said, I'll have you know, the devil never takes a day off. And he responded and said, yes. And if I didn't, I guess I'd be more like him. That's funny right there. You must not have been listening. When did the devil ever become our model? We need a day off. God took time to rest. Jesus took time to rest. Uh, number one, stop the constant push uh, for more. Number two, keep the Sabbath. Uh, you got to have a Sabbath. You need rest in your life. Number three, stay close. And finally, stay close to Jesus. Uh, he is the chief shepherd. Uh, if you can get close to him, if you can get close uh, to him, uh, this is what he'll do for you. Psalms 23, 1 through 3. The Lord is my Shepherd, I shall not want. I'm not in want when I'm with him. I'm not needing more and more and more when I've got him. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. One of the first things he does is he says, lay down, rest a bit, lie down in the green pasture, ride down beside the quiet still waters. Why? Because he wants to restore my soul. Remember the heart gets messed up. We need restoration. We need refreshing that only comes from the presence of the Lord. And here's the invitation from Jesus. Jesus, Matthew 11 and 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. All you who are burdened and weary. That defines many of us today. And I, Jesus says, will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you. You link up with me. Don't do this all by yourself. You're pulling the load all alone. You're pulling the load with, without any help. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Your yoke, the way you're spending your time is out of order. It's out of balance. It's found in want. Take my yoke. Do it this way. And learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. And that's not weak and frail. It's gentle. Humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. Once you get it all in order. And get it back in balance. 
and get your perspectives back right and get get to following him back right and get, get his word back in your life and following him and his spirit back uh, full inside of you leading you and guiding you into all truth uh, you're hitting it back in order for my yoke is easy and my burden is light burden of this world is heavy and it's weighty it's waiting on your heart Jesus said you got to yoke up with me my yoke is easy my burden's not weighing you down but it's light it's light take my yoke he's saying find the right purpose find the right activities when you spend time with the Lord it puts things in proper perspective some here are burned out physical fatigue tired bodies emotional fatigue deeper and and tired emotions and spiritual fatigue the deepest a, a dry spirit God seems distant and far away you say, well, I need a vacation. I need, I need a break. I, I, and, and that's probably two. But, but that only gets you the first one and not the last two. You need to renew your relationship with God. You need to renew your commitments to God. Let Him renew your heart. Let Him renew your mind. Let Him transform your mind afresh, anew. Only Him. Isaiah 63 and 14, they were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. They were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. And that's what we need in this house. Now pouring of God's Spirit. And I felt it happening a while ago. Now pouring of God's Spirit upon hearts, upon minds. Touching us afresh. Renewing us. In his presence. We need that. Every single one of us need that experience in our life. You say, well, I'm doing right. I'm, uh, I'm not doing anything wrong. That might be true. But we can go and go and go and go and go. And get disconnected. And we need that refreshing to come on. We can live a right life that's spiritually stale. And stagnant. And not moving. But when we get a refreshing of God's Spirit, it'll put life, it'll put life back into you. It'll blow the breath of life back into you. And you'll have energy to do the things of God, which is the most important things in your life. This is how you guided your people to, to make yourself a glorious name. His name will be great because people look and say, wow, they're so balanced. The Spirit of God must be with them. There's chaos, but there seems to be no chaos. Why? Because the Spirit of God balances us. They're balanced. There's peace there. That's it. Here's the principle. It's simple. We got to slow things down. We got to do things with purpose. And we need to renew our relationship with Him today stand your feet with me but no moving around not much give us a couple more minutes here it's still before 12 Lord you know 
you know the chaos and the busyness in people's lives. You know the strength and the struggles alike. You know what's in this room here this morning. It's another work week, another schedule, more, more responsibilities to accomplish and this and that and this and that. Relationships faltering. Another deadline, another due date, and this and that, and this and that. Lord, allow your spirit to come down right now into this house and refresh us, renew us. Allow your presence and power just, just to move all over this house. And allow us one more time just to surrender our lives totally and completely unto you. Lord, we've been trying by ourselves for too long. It's just the pattern of life. Somehow it drifts back to, to doing it alone. Somehow turned it over to you, God, but picked it back up. And Lord, right here today, we're going to do it. We're going to set it back down. For God, I'm not my own. I'm yours. I surrender my life to you again today. And God, you use it as you see fit. Not as I want it, not as I think, but God, how you want it. After your way, after your purpose. Your will be done. And God, right now, we're calling time out in our life. Setting aside, turning aside, and focusing on you. Turning our hearts and turning our minds back upon you. And God, you're going to do great things. You're going to do great things. That person that's never committed their life to you fully. I pray right now that you touch their heart. Touch their mind. Help them know that you love them. And that anything they turn over to you, you'll make it better. For it's not giving up when we give it to you. You'll add to it. Just like the hours of prayer. Just like the time of worship. Time in your presence adds hours to our day and to our life. God, right now, touch them, draw them by your Spirit. No man come to the Father except the Spirit draw them. Lord, those that have drifted from you, drifted from your presence, drifted from their commitment to you, pray you'd get a hold of our hearts right now. You help us to walk back to you. Help us to commit all over again. Help us to surrender all over again, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, even those that have been faithful and committed and and prayed for 21 straight days here in the house. In the house. Made, made provision, made exception to their schedules to get here. And it wasn't easy for them. They sacrificed to do it. I pray God even them would, would make up in their minds today. Hey, I need a refreshing in my life. I need your spirit to sweep over me one more time. Sweep over me afresh. Renew my mind. Renew my spirit. I need you.